ready for a nap right now. That way I don't have to work hard like that. Right. Man, it's about time for us to get started. Well, we are. It's uh, we, we live. We're just waiting on you, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good morning, men of God. Uh, welcome to the National Men's Prayer Call uh, on this day, January 7th, 2021, where we meet every Tuesday and Thursday from 7 to 7.30 uh, Central Time. We have a, a Zoom line where you can call in and listen to the call. Also, you can join us on Facebook Live every Tuesday and Thursday morning from 7 to 7.30 uh, Central Time, where we've been called to pray uh, to uplift and to empower uh, not just uh, African-American men, but all men uh, and women uh, in general alike. Uh, so we don't want to uh, exclude uh, anybody. Uh, here uh, this morning, if you're like me, uh, my mind, I'm going to pray, but I just, I just think we need to discuss uh, the situation that we're dealing with as a country. Uh, my mind was troubled, my spirit, uh, was trouble as uh, the democracy or as our democracy as we believed it was challenged to its core. Um, and the, the acts of a few has just changed the trajectory of our government. It has caused division within our government. It has caused division within uh, the people and the relationship that we have with our government. There was social injustice racism and bigotry all on display yesterday as our capital um, was attacked uh, and as they rioted uh, on Capitol Hill. And we see those things in third world countries. And, you know, we find ourselves praying for those third world countries and their government. But now we're on the verge of a civil war. We're a country at unrest. And I'm here to tell you that this thing will spread faster than COVID-19 because a lot of people think that it's confined to Virginia, Washington, and Maryland, and it's not. Here in Tennessee, we had a small outbreak of Democrats on one side of the street and Republicans on the other side of the street uh, about to uh, get into a riot. So I just want to say, Anthony is muted. Yeah. And give me co-host. Okay. When, can you hear me now? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm trying to uh, knock out all the, the noise. Did I, uh, so when you walk by faith and not by sight, we're able to deal with the situation at hand. Because we stand on the word of God. But I had an in-depth conversation with my wife last night. And it was a conversation like we've never had before. Because we had to address the elephant in the room. We had to address this situation that played out on a national stage. So here I am talking about the democracy and my freedom or our freedoms being challenged at its very existence. Men, this was already uh, in God's plan. It may have caught us off, by, off guard, but God already knew that this was going to happen. How are we going to deal with it? 
How are we going to address it? And let me challenge you guys. Let me say this. Pastor Sir Derek Raphael, Magnificent Mac, Reverend Tenor, the architect from Arkansas, Corns Prince, Deacon Anthony Talbert. We need to go before God today as empty vessels, as disciples, and just call down his angels because we are in a pandemic, in the midst of a pandemic. And I don't know if you heard, but I said this thing is going to spread faster than COVID-19. It's like adding gas to a dry wildfire in the middle of the summertime in California. That's what our, that's what our situation is like. That's what we're like as a nation right now. So I don't want it to be about my will, but I want it to be about God's will. First Chronicles 16 and 11 says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. I'm praying right now, but I know I'm speaking, but I'm praying at the same time. I want it to be about God's word. Psalms 19 and 119 and 14 says, you are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope in your word. And then it talks about the way of God. Exodus 18 and 20 says, then teach them the statutes and the laws and make known to them the way in which they are to walk and to work and the work they are to do. <laughs> Let, let's go, God. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today as humble as we know how. Father, we come to you seeking refuge and strength in your word. Father, we come to you under your cover. Father God, we come to you, Father God, calling on the name of Jesus because your word says there's power in the name of Jesus. It says there's healing in the name of Jesus. It says there's strength in the name of Jesus. So Father, right now, we need your healing. We need your covering. Father, our country, Father God, our government is in disarray. Father, we've never seen a situation like this. We've never been a part of a situation like this. So our emotions, Father God, are running high. Father God, we are being challenged, Father God. Our spiritual core is being challenged. But we call on the name of Jesus today. We draw on your strength, Father. We've been anointed for a task. We've been drawn here for this moment. Father God, there's racism, there's bigotry, there's social injustice going on right now as we speak. But Father, we know that you are still large and in charge. So, Father God, we call on you right now. Father God, we call on you right now, Father God, to speak, Father God, to touch, Father God, to cover that situation, Father God. There were four lives lost last night and probably many more to come because hatred is being spewed. Evil is being spewed. But, Father God, even in the midst of the storm, we stand on your word. 
Father God, we call down healing. We call down protection. We call on you for your guidance and understanding. As we speak to our loved ones, Father God, as we call our children to check on them, Father God, as we prepare for this thing to hit us personally, Father God, because we know that we're not immune to it. But Father, you shall not change my faith. You may challenge my faith, but you shall not change my faith. Only thing you're going to do is strengthen our faith. Father, we come to you this morning as empty vessels. We come to you as disciples. Yes, Father God, there are pastors on the line. There are preachers on the line. There are, there are business professionals on the line. But Father, we come to you as empty vessels this morning. We come to you as men. We come to you as fathers. We come to you as husbands looking for strength, drawing on your power. Father, the land is in disarray. But your word says in Psalms 46 and 1, you are our refuge and our strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. Father, there's trouble in the land. We need you now more than we ever had. Father, our ancestors fought for the right for us to have freedom, for, us, for democracy. I know that it's been challenged, but Father, we call on you right now. Democracy will stand. Freedom will ring. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for this platform. Thank you for this opportunity, Father. Touch us right now, Father. Speak to us, Father. Allow us to speak to somebody else, Father God. Allow us to share the word with somebody else and to open somebody else's eyes. Spiritually, Father, is the only way we're going to get through this thing. Father, this morning, the architect from Arkansas is coming with a powerful, with an enlightening word. Speak to his mind, Father. Open his heart. Allow him to be transparent. Father God, give him the resources, Father God, that he needs in order to bring your word. We need a word this morning, Father. Personally, Father God. Collectively, Father God. As a nation, Father. We're not crying. We're not begging. We're decreeing and we're declaring. Because we stand on your word. We believe in your word. We walk in your word. Lord, I, I pray that it's not about my will, but it's about your will. Because, Father, I was feeling some kind of way. I called my son. I called my, my daughter. I had a conversation with my wife. We knelt and prayed last night. Not just over what's happening in our nation, Father, but I prayed for this family. I pray for my sanity, Father God, because I'm going to protect my family in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of the turmoil. We can send them to hell together, we can go home together, or we can go to heaven together. Lord, I'm being transparent this morning. I'm mad, Lord. Strengthen me, guide me. 
Lord, we ask you to come into this uh, meeting this morning. Father God, give us what we need. Touch every man, family on this call. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, amen and amen. You know, God is good and he's on the throne. And this morning as, we, as unrest happens and situations happen and, and they will, we just need to know that God is in control and that as men, what we want to do is get the emotional security, the emotional understanding that we can move forward toward a better uh, life for ourselves, our, our families, our communities, our schools, our homes, our churches. And that's why we're here, to lift up men, to give them the power of prayer and spiritually enhanced personal development, which leads to peace. Because ultimately, that's what we're all looking for, is to have the peace that passes human understanding. And this morning, as he's alluded to twice, we're getting ready to hear from the um, from that amazing architect from Arkansas, from the man who's able to script out plans and to, and to be able to share information for our transformation. So my good friend, my buddy from, uh, from uh, my, my, my brother from another mother, Mr. Reginald Wright. Are you right there ready for us, young man? Hey, hey, I'm here. Can you guys hear me? We can hear you well. Go for it. Hey, man. Uh, well, first of all, I'd just like to say thank you to you guys for always giving me this opportunity in this platform to uh, come on and share for a couple of minutes. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I just really appreciate Anthony's heart. And, you know, as, as we even embrace our topic that we have for the month, we couldn't have a better topic, better theme for what we are dealing with now. We need impact men. We need what I'm going to be talking about today. We need impact players. We need people to show that type of enthusiasm and that type of concern as Anthony gesture. That's the only way we're going to do something. So when I thought, when I looked at what was happening last night and I thought about our theme, I was like, God, you are so on time because if we're going to do anything about this, we've got to decide to become an impact player. And so as I think about just even getting into the message for today, when I think about this word impact, two things, two scenarios just really comes to my mind. One is death and the other is life. And when I think about death, I'm, I'm reminded of uh, uh, an encounter that John Piper in his book, Don't Waste Your Life. Many of you guys probably have that book. You probably read that book. Well, John Piper re recalls the story of his father who was a pastor and, and he was sharing the story that his father shared with him. And when his father was pastoring and th there was an older gentleman that came and sat on the front pew Sunday after Sunday, never really saying anything. And one day after one of uh, John's father's sermons, his father told him as he was coming out of the pulpit, the old man grabbed his hand and sort of, I guess, pulled him down uh, uh, on the pew and they began to talk and the un, the man the old man at the end of his life looked at John's father and said you know what I'm and I'm paraphrasing this he says I've wasted it I've wasted it and so what I'm what's the more to this story is don't get to the end of your life and decide to do something about it and realize that you've wasted it Become an impact player. 
And so the second scenario, I've been talking about this word, impact player. And, and I'm just reminded as I'm, you know, we're, we're deep into football season, you know, now. And I listen to a lot of coaches out there watching all these uh, playoff games over the holidays. I, I just always love when they hear the, these, and particularly when it, when it comes to the recruitment of players on the college level, you always hear these coaches talk about when they're looking for the right player for their team, they go, when they're describing a, a certain player, you will often hear a coach says, he's an impact player. He's an imp. You'll hear it all the time. You'll hear, you'll hear analysts says, hey, man, that is an impact player. Well, you know, uh, to me, I've never known what that has looked like until I just really thought about it. I'm like, what is an impact player? An impact player, and this is what I'm challenging you men to become today. An impact player is just somebody that has the skills and the abilities to immediately join the team and contribute to the success. That's what, that's what coaches are looking for. And we call those players five-star players in the recruitment uh, rating system. You, you'll hear that they're referred to four and five-star players. These are the kind of players that can immediately, they have the, they have the gifts and the skills to immediately contribute to the success of the team. That's all Alabama's recruiting. They're not looking for two and three star players. That's all the Ohio States, the Clemsons, all of these big time schools. That's what they are looking for. They're looking for impact players, players that can immediately come in and contribute to the success of the team. And so, some of the attributes, and I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you guys to, to, to pick up some of these attributes. When you look at these five-star impact players, some of the attributes of what makes an impact player, and I love, and you'll hear a lot of analysts when they're talking about these players. This is how they describe them. They go, man, he has great ability to make adjustments on the fly. He can change the position of, of the defense of, of, according to what he sees. And so what that says to me is that when life throws these guys a curveball, they have the ability to make adjustments. Anybody can be an impact player when life doesn't throw you a curveball. We all look good. But when I see something else, when I'm lined up on offense, and I see the defenses set up in a way that I've never seen. Do I have the ability as an impact player to make that adjustment? Or am I, or am I gonna faint? Or am I gonna wither? Or am I gonna complain when life throws me a curveball that I've never seen before? And see, we're seeing some curveballs that we've never seen before. When we're looking at what we're looking at on TV, like last night, Life is trying to throw us a curveball coming out of right into 2021. Life is trying to throw us a curveball. But if you're an impact player, you're going to do what? If you're going to make the adjustments. You're going to do like what Anthony Talbert did. You're going to say, no, 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 no. This ain't going to happen to, for, as for me and my house. What are you going to do? You're going to do like Anthony did. You're going to grab your wife. You're going to get down on your knees. You're going to call your kids up, make sure they're okay and say, hey, let me get your mindset. Don't get rattled about 
what you're seeing on TV. See, Anthony encouraged me. That's that's five-star level right there. When God is looking at people like Anthony, he's like, that's five-star level. That's, that's who I want on the team because he's making the appropriate adjustments and how he's going to handle the situation. So Anthony, my brother, thank you, man, for sharing that this morning. You have encouraged me. The second attribute about an impact player is that he has great vision. He can look out over the field. He can, you'll hear these players that sometimes they'll make an interception and they'll, you'll talk to them after the game. They go, well, how did you know that interception was coming? They go, well, I could tell, I could read the eyes of the quarterback and I could see that he was going to throw the ball over here to this player. So an impact play, you got to have great vision and to get great vision, you got to hear from God. You've got to have vision, guys, because if not, you're not going to know what's going to happen. So an impact player has great vision. But sadly, guys, for many of us, and including myself, I'm preaching to myself this morning, many of us are what I call developmental players. And a, a, a developmental player is not a bad player. He's a player that has all the skills and the gifting, but he, there are just a couple things that are still missing in him that would allow him to immediately contribute to the success of the team. And so what a lot of times, what a lot of coaches will do, as you'll see, they'll recruit these players and they'll say, hey, what we're going to do with you, young man, because you've got the skills, you've got the talent, but you're missing. We still need to develop you. So we're going to redshirt you for a season until we can get you to the level that we need you to be. So for those of you guys that are still in a development, you're, you're a development player, that's okay. But you, you've got to do this. You've got to decide to become an impact player. And so what happens is a lot of times I'll see good athletes that are recruited, they go to great schools and they say, hey, I'm on a red shirt. They red shirt me this year. Some players go on to contribute to the success, but some players never make it past that rest. They just never make it. They never fully get developed. And that's where so many people are in life. You know, those that fall into and, they, and you look at your life and you go, yeah, I'm not making the impact that I want. I'm, I'm, I'm in a development player stage. Well, you've got to decide today to say, hey, listen, I'm going to become an impact player. I'm going to do the things that I need to do to become an impact player. What are those things that I need to do, Reggie? I'm glad you asked. You got to, number one, you got to decide. I'm, I'm about to close this thing. You got to decide to become others oriented. Your focus has to be, it, it, it has to leave you and you gotta become others oriented. If you're gonna do something about what you're seeing in this country, your cares have to leave you like Anthony. You could tell by what he saw last night. It's not about him, it's about 
others. He's others oriented. And I love what the Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the Macedonians, and he penned this letter to the church of Philippi in, in, in chapter two, verse four, he says this, when he was talking to them about becoming others oriented, he says, let each of you look not to his own interests, but to the interests of others. If you're going to be an impact player, you've got to become others oriented. The second thing, you've got to be set apart. And, and, and really what that means in biblical terms, you've got to be sanctified. That's all, that's all set apart means, is that I've become sanctified. And so I love what 2 Timothy, what Paul says again as he's writing this letter to Timothy. Over in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21, he says, therefore, if anyone, and I'm paraphrasing this, if anyone cleanses himself from the things that are not beneficial for him and becomes useful, if anyone cleanses himself from the things that are not beneficial for him, he will become a useful vessel set apart and useful to the master of the home. Let's say that again. You've got to become set apart. And how do you become set apart? You got to cleanse yourself. There may be some things I need to detox from. I don't know what that is for you. It may be food. Some of you, you might be consuming too much alcohol. Your alcohol consumption may be taken over. For some of you, you might be, you might, social media might be taken over. You, you, you might need to come off. So I don't know what your cleansing is, but you've got to, you, you, you've got to be set apart. And in the way to do that, you got to detox from some things. And so you got to, as I close out in my closing guys, and all that I've been said, I'm simply saying is that you've got to do the hard things if you're going to become an impact player. If you're going to get to five-star level, you got to make those adjustments. And as I close out, I'm reminded again of Apostle Paul as he was writing to the church at Corinth in chapter 6, verse 12. He says, all things, basically saying, I can do, I can do anything I want to do. He says, all things are good for me. He says, but I, let me read my notes. He says, all things are good for me. He says, but not all things are helpful for me. He says, I will not be enslaved by anything. Let me read that again. He says, all things are, are good for me, but not all things are beneficial for me. I will not be enslaved. So that means, guys, you got to peel off the things. Yeah, even the things that, yeah, by right, I've got the freedom to do, but they may not be contributing to your success to become a five-star player for this thing called the game of life. And so, guys, as I close out, I just ask you a question. What is preventing you from becoming an impact player? What is preventing you from becoming five-star level? With that being said, guys, I hope this message has encouraged you. And at this time, I'll turn it back over to you guys. Amen. Amen. All right, Dr. Reginald Wright, we thank you again. Um, so everybody knows that it's my duty to kind of recap 
what was going on. And if we was some high level thinking, you know, God has blessed me with low level thinking where I can interpret high level thinking. So, you know, here's the thing that I wanna make sure you guys have uh, an understanding of what Reginald was telling us. And in this place where the story is about, you know, we have, we all have an expiration date, low key. It's an expiration date that none of us know about. And so we got to get to a point in our lives where at the end of the day, what we're saying, we got to make a decision on what type of impact we're going to have on this planet based on our calling, right? And this is a simple decision. You just have to make your mind up and say, hey, I'm going to do this. What we talked about is in that impact player, by definition, it is somebody who has the skills and ability to immediately contribute to the success of the team, to immediately to, to, to go out and do it. We see that what happened with the, with the, um, with the master that had the, gave out the five talents, the two talents, the one talent. And it's an interesting portion when you go back and read that, that passage, it said to the man that he gave five, he immediately went and then start making five more. He didn't have to take, he hit the ground running, right? We look at the difference of the man that had two, the man that had one, hit his talent in the ground, right? So here is this player. When you look at it in just a position, there is a five-star player that the master had on his team. And then when he came back, the interesting part about it, before he said, you know, he's looking for his return, before he even started getting the account books out, the one with the five jumped on and said, hey, let me tell you about what I just did, right? So here he is jumping into it immediately, hitting the ground running. And so, gentlemen, what we need to do is take a clear evaluation of where we are. Some of us are doing our parts, but is there another gear that we can go into? Of course. Is there another level that we've been called to? Of course, because it's time right now. I wanna give you, before we get out of here, just uh, one of my favorite verses when I'm reminded about our call that God has given each of us, right? I'm gonna take you out of Proverbs 31. Y'all be like, whoa, whoa, pastor, that's the one talking about what it is to be a wife. All right, before you get there, right? Before you get there, they're talking about what it takes to be a, a great wife. I want you to take you to verses nine, eight and nine. Proverbs 31, eight and nine, it reads like this. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly defend the rights of the poor and needy. At the end of the day, gentlemen, this is our call to remove ourselves from the background and come up to the front because you cannot lead from the back. It is our call that says, this is our necessity to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. And we're all equipped to be leaders. That's why we're on this line. That's why, you know, Reggie was telling us about being a five-star player that we can immediately jump on there. And to do that, we have to make an evaluation on ourselves of what's keeping us from being ignited into the spaces. At the end of the day, uh, ain't no more excuses. We are not afforded no more excuses. You got, you equipped with everything. I've seen videos of people who were playing piano. They ain't even got no hands. They playing it with their feet. I have people who, who have less than we have doing more than we had. You know, the more that we do. And so what's preventing us when you've been equipped with every blessing a man can have? Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, when it rolls down to it, it is you making the decision like the, the, the man with the five talents versus the man with one, right? Or even uh, if we bunch everybody else, are we the man with two? 
because he was right behind the fire. He was just doing his, his, he was still motivated, but did he have another gear to go? And I'm just submitting to you that we all do. And at the end of the day, Reggie, one of the things that mm -hmm. stuck out is with the detox, the detox, right? Because I'm going through, today is the first day of a new diet for me where it is meant to detox my body, get this weight off, right? I'm a little, you know, I'm a little over the weight I need to be, right? But here's the thing I also have to understand it. That is a metaphor. That is a metaphor. I got some extra weight I'm carrying around, but a lot of us got extra people we carrying around too, right? We got some extra weight. You got some 180 pound people that call you up every day. Hey, I need you to do this. Sacone, I need you to do this. And you getting deterred from what you're supposed to be doing, deterred from what God has called us to do. You need to examine on your detox I'm talking real talk that you need to look at the body of people that you are carrying around. And then you need to drop to travel far. You got to travel light gentlemen. Right. And I'm going to tell y'all, I'm going to end out with this, just piggybacking on Reverend Wright, what he was saying. The airlines tell you this, in a case of emergency, when they drop down that oxygen, you put your mask on first before you help everybody else. Gentlemen, what I'm suggesting is right now, in the beginning of this Q1, we don't have time to keep worrying about everybody. You get drilled and hyper-focused on what you need to do, right? Because we still have a level of improvement and a level that we can go into, but you can't keep doing that and maximize your results when you tend into everybody else, right? I'm not saying that that's to, for us to pull up off our, our calling, but also you got to drill in. You got to go in. You know, it is your ministry goes in and then we get the, the, the outpour afterwards, right? We get the overflow. But some of us clogged up. Some of us need to be detoxed. Some of us need to get our act together and have a, 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 a willingness to look at and examine why you have not activated to this point. And I'm just telling you right now, where you, one of the things that Reggie said is that, you know, to make a decision in this willingness and be red-shirted, how great we gotta be before we get off the red shirt team, right? We, you got an expiration date. We ain't got time to keep, you know, prolonging the process. There are people in our downline that need us. This thing, you know, my children out the house, they ain't listening to me no more. They don't see the success in my life to even go back to me, to use me as a resource. You know, at the end of the day, gentlemen, as Christians, and I'm gone, I don't wanna overpreach. I'm over preaching. Oh, Lord, Jesus, help me. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, in this call, our lives have to work. Mm -hmm. Our lives got to work. And if we have to impact a planet that's looking at us, our lives got to work. Hands down, we got to get ourselves together. Amen? Let's get to it. Wonderful word, Reggie. Wonderful word and wonderful reminder that we can't wait. We got to be an impact player right now. Five stars, five stars and do your evaluation. I'm, I'm probably three at best, okay? But I'm going on there. I'm getting in here and getting the track and I appreciate this brotherhood that we can come together and literally, uh, you know, iron sharpens iron. Now here's the thing about it, and I'm gonna tell y'all again, when two pieces of iron get together, sometimes you get sparks. So things might get a little lit, right? But don't be ashamed of that. We all go in the same direction, but understand the necessity for us to get there. All right, let's join us in prayer real quick. Heavenly Father, we come united before your throne with one simple request, Father, that we be the men uh, and women that we need to be
to do everything that you've called us to be, right? Heavenly Father, you said in Proverbs 31, 8 and 9, that it is our duty to stand out and go in front of the crowd to champion your people, just like our big brother Christ did. Father, that is our calling to follow in his footsteps. We are disciples in that mandate. And Father, to do that and have immediate impact, we got to be prepared. We got to lose weight. We got to detox. And we have to have a willingness to take it to the next level, Father, because you've done it already. You hung and bled on the cross and said, it is finished. Ergo, we need to start where you dropped off, where you finished your completed work. It is now our time to pick up our crosses and then to follow you. So Heavenly Father, give us and equip us with everything we need to include this National Men's Prayer Call, to include this motivational pieces they have, to include the truth that we need to see ourselves clearly that we need work to do and we still need to go hard at it. Father, we thank you for that revelation. We love you, we honor you, and now we live for you. In your son, Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen, great job. Gentlemen, have an amazing weekend. Don't slack up, we still got work. And then take a quick hey, assignment, because Reggie didn't get one, but you know, I'm, I'm co-teacher today. Uh, Get your list out and figure out in your vertical of people who are pulling your time away from you, which you are allowing to do because for some reason you feel obligated, you love them to death, but you need to love yourself more, right? Get to your work, get your list down and put them in their proper context, all right? All right, gentlemen. Love y'all. See y'all back here on Tuesday. Peace. Peace.